Here we go with episode 54 of Beers in the Lot. This episode, we grilled Eric on his experience up at the Level 5 Coaches Symposium for USA Hockey up in Duluth. So let's get to it. Are you drinking air? It was a juicy crack out of this moosehead rattler. <laughs> moosehead rattler. <laughs> How about you, John? What you got? I got a rolling rock. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? So I was jealous of uh, Rigsby having uh, some three Floyds a couple of pods ago. And uh, so when I stopped to get some uh, beers for our championship game last night, I uh, picked these up along with the uh, the cores. It is a uh, gumball head by Three Floyds. Nice, nice, very tasty. Yeah. What do you got, Riggs? So it's a little early, but they're in the stores. Dogtoberfest from Flying Dog. Oh. Yeah. Little early. That's but, super early. But I mean, Couple months. Yeah. It's a Martin. So. Hey. Spirit of Halloween's right, getting ready to open up. So yeah, yeah you can yeah. go get go get your <laughs> fake cobwebs. And <laughs> <laughs> your Teletubby outfits. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like I already saw pumpkin ales coming out, which are trash, by the mm. way. Don't drink pumpkin ales, but they were <laughs> they were out already, like earlier in August. So. It's not too early. Maybe. Is it just like, I guess I'm aging more than you guys, I guess. Like, I feel like it in my soul. Like, I remember as a child, like it was Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And it was like usually the day after, maybe two days after, like that Saturday, you would see Christmas stuff. And I feel like now we see like all the holidays seven months before it happens. Yeah. Just put the tree up now. May as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez. I mean, maybe some people have it right just leaving their Christmas decorations up all year. Maybe they have it right. I don't know. I, don't know. I just like, I, I mean, Thanksgiving is the best holiday. Right? It is. That's the best I, one. I think it um, is. Like, yeah. Yep. You don't like no food gifts. and booze. Like and food. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm still trying to hold on to summer and drink these Rattlers until, until I don't have any more. Until next summer. <laughs> Next summer, until next summer. <laughs> Wear my yeah, shorts gotta, and flip flops until it's freezing outside. You know. Yeah, you gotta wait. You gotta wait until the next vintage drops, Aaron. And then you'll be fine. <laughs> oh. Yep. So, Riggs just got back from Duluth. How was that? Level five. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, it was fun yep. and interesting. Duluth is kind of a weird town. I want to say anything bad about it. So do tell. <laughs> there are no Uber drivers in the city of Duluth. <laughs> so if you are in Duluth and you happen to catch this episode, you could probably do okay for yourself, especially As an Uber driver. Especially, <laughs> especially on a Sunday afternoon when a fairly decent sized conference has finished up at the convention center. Uh, 
Ragnar was in town. They did one of those Ragnar races. I don't know if you know what the, the long distance relay races, they were doing that there at the same time. So there was a ton of stuff going on in town. And if you were trying to fly out of Duluth International Airport, and I don't know why it's international, maybe they have Canadian flights. Uh, it has four, there's four gates at Duluth International Airport. Um, <laughs> again, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just telling you facts. If, if, if you were an Uber driver on Sunday, when all those people were trying to leave town, you would have done really, really well. <laughs> so, Untapped market there. As it turns out, uh, the, the coaching buddy that I went with and myself uh, were without a ride to get to the airport, and we had about, I don't know, two hours to get there. It's about 20 minutes away from where we were in Canal Park, the hip happening area in Duluth, because <laughs> we were trying to eat lunch, but also uh, we found out that every restaurant has like a two-hour wait all the time like yeah it's hmm. it's wild um and i know like summer tourism there is big because of the lake and everything but we didn't know how we were going to get out of town uh we ended up running into um another coach who actually brought his family to visit minnesota uh he ha happened to have a southern maryland uh sabers jacket on uh he saw we were waiting and said are you guys experiencing the uber and lyft hell and battle too and we said <laughs> yes and they just happened to be they actually flew into minneapolis and stayed a couple of days there before everything started and then drove down as like a family vacation thing um so uh he said well if you think we could all squeeze in our rental car <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy to, you know, give you a lift out to the airport. And we said, yep, we'll do whatever we have to. <laughs> so, uh, thanks to that guy. <laughs> and we don't say names on the pod unless somebody has been on or says we can. So I'm not going to say any names, but, uh, thanks to the coach at Southern Maryland Sabres for helping <laughs> us out. There you go. <laughs> Who's also a level five coach, I assume, right? <laughs> he, he will be. He will be. So you go to the thing and then um, they call it a thesis, but basically the requirements for this one um, is going to be um, you watch your, watch your team for a few weeks. Um, you write like a one a minimum one page evaluation of where they're at, uh, what they need to work on, um, and what you're thinking about doing to get there. Uh, you write um, seven one hour practice plans that are going to help address that stuff, you know, to get your players there. And then uh, after some time, write, you know, what the results were. What were you trying to do? Did it work? Did it not work? What went well? What didn't go well? So yeah, it's that's cool. Uh, I I actually dig that. Some people you know complain about it, but 
I think it's cool that there's some real thought around, you know. Yeah, they make you, you actually coach. Right. <laughs> do do right. Are you actually doing this or or do you actually care enough to know it? Because we sat there for three and a half days and listened to some of the best and brightest minds in the game, you know, in American hockey, talk about how do you do this for real? So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, if you, you go away for four days and all you do is listen to and talk about hockey, like it can't suck. Yeah. And then hang <laughs> out with hang out with all the hockey people, right? That are all there. Yeah. Like, can't suck. Right. <laughs> well, kind of like Aaron was saying, where they check to see if your coach, like Eric and I, I mean, we did it together. I would do all the practice plans almost for the entire season. I would almost like sequester myself in a room for about two days and just do it all. And then I would send half of it out. And unfortunately, because it's 8U, 90% of the time, like five minutes into the practice, we'd have to scrap it and just like do a <laughs> yeah. total audible. But, you know, and some people would like hate it because they're like, hey, you sent, uh, you know, this week's out, you know, two days ago and we're changing it up five minutes into it. And normally it was because, well, yeah, look at the kids, like half of them look like they're about to go to sleep. So yeah. we need to spruce this up. So we'll do backwards skating or whatever, you know, next week when they're, you know, a little more amped up. We'll, you know, I think that's the other thing too about coaching. Like you got to, if you can't call audibles, you know, do the Omaha, like Peyton Manning, what's the point? And also too, like if you can't write seven hours of practice plans, like, you know, it shouldn't take you seven hours to do the said practice plan. We're, you know, we're not NCAA or college coaches. We're youth, but you know, that, that should take you a little bit of time, but yeah, it's I, worth it. I forget. Uh, I, don't, I forget if it was Ty Hennis or Mike Sullivan. Everybody Great Penguins knows, organization. Right. Every, everybody knows Sully, right? But uh, Ty Hennis is the skills guy for the pens. Um, and, and he so, used to be with USA hockey too. Yeah. Yeah, he was big on ADM stuff. So I don't remember which one said it, but they basically said too, like if if your practices with the kids have a lot of chaos in them, no matter what age level it is, you're actually in good shape. If an outsider looks at it and says, man, that looks really chaotic and unorganized, it, it's probably doing the kids a lot of good. Because they're probably having to make decisions, uh, react, read and react, um, using their eyes, their ears, and their feel, you know, spatial awareness and stuff. Um, and if you think about playing, that's what it is. Like, you're not yep, going out exactly. there and skating a route like a wide receiver in football or, you know, whatever. Right. You you got to be able to just play the game after the pucks dropped. So that, and I I think I know like when John and I were working together, and even now like I've always looked for that with the kids that I work with that we're challenging challenging them in game like situations over mm -hmm. and over and over and over again, trying to address certain aspects of the game. Yeah, it's it's it was awesome and all that stuff. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> but I mean, again, like mentioned Sully and Ty Hennis and 
the first night they had a panel of uh four of the uh five uh head coaches from the Minnesota NCAA D1 schools and uh they did the same thing on the women's side and um you know when you're hearing from those type of people uh that yeah they do it on a professional basis but the game is still a game um you're going to learn something and at the very least you're going to laugh so <laughs> it was fun so i really want to know what the uh, what the bars are like around there cuz I, I saw an interesting picture that you sent uh, <laughs> that, that, which one <laughs> had something in it that we always talk about on this show Oh, the Jaws board yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it, so well, random. Yeah, so that is Hoops Brewery, which, by the way, Danny, if you get to Duluth, go to Hoops Brewery or Brewing. I'm not, I'm not sure which version of the B word they use, but Brewing. go to Hoops. Um, get the number 48. That's one of the best. Uh, west coast ipas i've had in a long time it really? is excellent yeah made in oh, minnesota right there um yeah that so they are kind of known as like a hockey bar brewery um mm -hmm. they had a bunch of jerseys hung up that i guess were like brewery teams maybe i don't know they had signed sticks they had a joe pavelski stick they had a couple of the championship rings from when umd won um and then we were looking at the you know every brewery always has like board games for families to come in and play and the parents play the board games and the kids mm -hmm. play and the parents have beers so they had this stack of <laughs> board games and on the top was the jaws board game so i was like <laughs> i gotta send that to the guys <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> i was more mesmerized how many taps were in there again Oh, the them? Yeah. They do, yeah. So they had I don't know, they they probably had like two dozen beers, maybe. Like twenty-four. The place that had all the taps was this place called Seven West, which had an uh, awesome, okay, okay. had an awesome burger. Ra rivals Smiley's burger up in uh oh. Johnstown. That's high uh, praise. It uh, Abs it absolutely rivaled them. It was so <laughs> good. Um, they had like forty six taps, and they had all kinds of stuff. They had um, Alaska Alaskan brewing stuff, which it's really hard to find, at least around <laughs> like where we live. So, and the the coaching buddy that I went to, he spent a lot of time in Alaska, um, both working and when he was younger. So when he saw that, he was like, I have to get it, you know, because hmm. we can't, can't find it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the only place I've had it is in Alaska. So huh. that's kind of cool. It was pretty cool. <laughs> See, I, I get overwhelmed when I go to a place like that. Like, I remember I, I was traveling for work and this place had, you know, 40 some different types of craft beer, either on tap or even in the, the cooler with cans and bottles. And at one point, the bartender's like, oh, what would you like? And I just said dealer's choice. Like, I, I, I look at the menu and everything in the cooler and whatnot, I just, I, I, I relinquish control, just like pick something decent. I just said, it was like, can I get an IPA? Not too crazy. 
and I'm polite about it. I just, I guess it's decision and making. And they're that like, is- they're like, yeah, we have twenty. Which one? <laughs> yeah, no, I say, I just say dealer's choice. Like you pick, you pick something that's very popular, or you know that you that you like. Because well, as long as you don't beer, get twisted tea. <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. I don't, I don't say like, give me your finest flavor of seltzer. I don't do that. No, no, no. So, did any of the guys that you went out with, uh, did they try to go beer for beer with you? Okay. <laughs> one, one person did, and okay. I can't. I really can't say a lot um, because I can't. Uh, they <laughs> did, and when they when we caught up with them the next day, uh, I I don't know if he brought it up first or if my buddy that we traveled with me did. Uh, but that exact phrase was said you can't go beer to beer with rigs (laughs) (laughs) that's funny eric mentioned it because i remember i remember when we did the beach bash (laughs) tournament which is like probably one of the coolest tournaments ever for eight u in ocean city and eric and i (laughs) one morning we had like a nine o'clock game on sunday morning saturday we were up to like 3 30 something just we exhausted all the hotel beers and then i got like a 30 pack because i was like we all know how this is gonna work so once that was done i just came back laid the entire pack on the on the table in the lobby there (laughs) and eric and i just start you know drinking beers various parents would come up blah 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 one guy left he came back and then the next morning at like 8 15 i'm sitting down in the, (laughs) the lobby by the rink playing on my phone drinking a coffee totally fine and one of the hockey moms walks by she's like you're a really bad influence. My husband is not allowed to come out and drink and, with you and Eric ever again. And he, he came <laughs> when I, when, when he, so I didn't see that, but he, the, the husband came up to me yeah. and, and goes, I am never hanging out with you yeah. ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we nobody put a gun to your head. Like, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It's like, we were the bad people. Like we didn't do anything. Like what did we do? Do anything. <laughs> Eric, really, really quick. What was your highlight? Maybe someone speaking or something you heard? Uh, I really enjoyed Tim Army from the Iowa Wild. Uh, so his whole thing was like, hey, we're at the American League level. We got to get guys to the national. Um but everything I'm going to show you, you can do. And absolutely, they were super, super simple offensive concepts. Now, you might say it's a borderline system, which there's a lot of debate about how you do that stuff at the youth level and whether or not you should. And I'm one of the people that says, we're, we're going to teach the individual hockey players first and uh, put them in situations that make decisions to develop the so-called hockey sense um but uh the concepts that he showed were very very simple you know it's you know f1 
is, you know, whoever's on the puck first and gains possession is going to work the wall and off the wall. And depending on what they do, F2 and 3 are going to do different things, right? Uh, 2 is always going to be at the net, applying net front pressure. So basically, the F3 is going to stay high and react to what the puck carry is doing. F1 has to win a one-on-one battle. They have to. So what he did then is show us what they do in practice to work on that. So every practice, pregame skate, they're working on that one-on-one battle. Then they add the element of how am I getting that to F3? Then they add the element for the shot on net. Then they add the element of how do I get that to uh, the front of the net, right? Uh, the other thing he talked about too was like they tell they tell their forwards if you're gonna pass up to the D, um, for them to shoot on net, do not pass it directly to them. Put it off the wall because it's easier for them to quickly gather the puck or one time it and get it to the front of the net. It doesn't allow the defense to uh react it gives you more options so i thought that was really interesting as just a very specific thing the very best segment though we didn't get to go on ice and do anything at amsoil arena where the bulldogs play but we got to sit on the ice (laughs) on chairs and watch um Roger Grillo uh, run a sixteen a local sixteen U team through some stuff, and then he was telling us like, "This is what we're doing, and this is why, and and why not do other things." And and that <laughs> that to me that was it was great because my group that went through it it was our last uh, those were breakout sessions, so everything that we sat through in other breakout sessions and in the talks that you know the pro people and college people were giving all led up to that and that was all the practical application of it and so i got a lot of i got a lot of ideas from that um to use you know with with the kids so it was uh yeah like some of the best drills you and i ran we were mites it was stuff they were doing with like U16s and U18 at the high USA hockey levels. We just subtracted like six or seven of the layers out of it. Right. That's all you did. Right. Yeah. It was usually really simple stuff. And, and, it, and they even say it too. Like as you go up, you add two or three layers. And they even say like, this is something we run at 8U, but at 18U, we do this, this, and this. Yeah. You know, you, you add a yeah. layer or two. And especially if you have kids in the same program, like imagine what it's like you're – you know, I don't know how you want to call it training camp, if you will, for your U18 team where you have your first, you know, three to four practices You can go like, hey, do you guys remember the same drill we've literally been doing for six years, but we have this, this and this now? Yeah, this time we're going to add this in it. And the kids yeah. not only know it, but now it's a new wrinkle for, you know, U18's body checking and a few other things. You know, it's a little more stout positional play and whatnot. But for the most part, it's always still the same thing. You win two on ones, one on ones, three on twos. Yeah. Same thing. That's what, that's what Ty talks a lot about 
is that progression, you know, you add element, 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 and then, you know, Sully does too, because they have basically the same philosophy about how you develop players. So, um, there was a lot of that with those two guys as well, but that like getting to see the practical application of all the other concepts that we were talking about the previous days was perfect. So I think I was lucky to be in the group that I was in because some people went on uh, the ice in the different groups, you know, the couple days before. So, which they still got to see it, but I think like sitting through all the other talks like that, that really helped. Seeing it last was better than visualize it all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty awesome experience. Yeah. Met, met a lot of people. Uh, there was a, there was a group of us that was palling around then all weekend. So that was good with bouts and ideas off of each other and making some invitations to go play in different places, but we'll see if that happens. But right. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Can we get can we get through the like quadrant of hockey we have upcoming? Let's get through that and then we'll deal with the rest. If we're all invited. Yeah. That's gonna do it for this episode number fifty-four of Beers in the Lot. We will catch you next week. Big thanks to our supporters on Patreon and in Discord. We really appreciate you all. Check out beersinthelot.com if you want to learn more about those things. And again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.